your home really impacts so many different areas of your life, finances, career, health, relationship, even your hobbies and community, even your spirituality. All of that is impacted by whether or not your home is organized or disorganized. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be a driver in their own lives through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And in this episode, we have like the wonderful Kristen Ivey, and she is Marie Kondo consultant. And so she has this business, which is all about, it's called For the Love of Tidy, which is all about the magic of tidying up. And um, so we're going to, I'm just really love this episode because so much of the time that we need, when we talk about self-care, we're thinking about the things that we're doing with ourselves and we don't often talk about our environment and how working with our environment and shifting our environment and what's in our in, in what we own and the things that we we keep around us and how that impacts our well-being isn't often a conversation that we're having and so we're going to have that conversation today as, as as she shares how she got into this as well so I have done the magic of tidying up a few years ago and it was transformational for me and so I'm really excited to to bring her on the show and she's the first she was the first consultant Marie Kondo consultant in the US I believe and certainly in Chicago so I'm really really grateful for her to be here the other thing I want to tell you about is I am more 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 grateful for what I have each day I want to take the point to two things COVID has not gone away I want us to remember that COVID has not gone away I mean it may have taken a back seat in the news uh, with with what with our attention on on the pandemic of racism, but COVID, the pandemic of COVID is still very much live and kicking, and for us to be mindful of that as the states reopen. So I encourage you, I encourage you, please still take the relevant precautions. You know, please be mindful of those people who are ill. Please be let's keep managing the the that we don't overstretch the healthcare system, like all of those things, I really want to just urge you to do that. And I know it's challenging because now we're in the summer months and it's, it's crazy. So, um, it's difficult for us to, to, to keep, keep it moving. We've been in, in, in this for a while and we still got some way to go. So I want to encourage you, want to send love your way. And I please let's keep our attention on the behaviors that's going to help us stay healthy masks social distancing da, da 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 you know the drill wash your hands you know the drill you know the drill so I just want to remind us that we we still have that to do and in that um and in that important work and if you are loving the show please rate and review the show I'm so excited so listen and it really is because you are listening you are you are really helping grow this show it's rising up the charts on on apple charts as well in the careers charts i'm just really feel grateful to you to continue to listen to give me feedback on what you're getting to 
really acknowledge the women who are showing up on the show as well and it just it thank you thank you thank you for 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 following the show it means a lot there are so many podcasts out there and the fact that you spend time to listen to she's got drive makes me feel so happy and i've got some beautiful guests coming your way as well and i'll keep bringing those guests and i'll keep doing the work so rate and review the show it really helps to grow the show and the other thing of course share the show pass it on pay it forward at least one person in your life just send it to them and says you should listen to this you should listen to this so thank you for that okay so let me tell you about Kristen ivy so her she, her organization is called for the love of tidy and she's a professional organizer who is dedicated to teaching busy families, professionals, and creative entrepreneurs how to let go of stuff and attract a truly abundant life. She's been featured in Bloomberg, Huffington Post, Fox, and the Chicago Sun-Times with live appearances on WGN, ABC7, Fox 32, Windy City Live, and more. She also co-hosts the weekly podcast, Spark Joy, celebrating the transformative power that comes from surrounding yourself with joy. She's the author of the number one Amazon bestseller, The Tidy Home Joy Journal. And would you believe she was an engineer to begin with and she studied interior design as well. And she believes in the, the, the innate, believes in the innate creativity to transform homes with order and style and in harmony with the KonMari method. She's dedicated to the KonMari mission to inspire the world to choose joy. And she helps clients declutter their way to becoming graduates of Tidy and Masters of Life. You're going to really get so many beautiful, I want to say more than tips, because when you take it on, as I say, it is transformative. So more than tips, but you will get so much from this. I give you Kristen Ivy. Kristen, thank you so much for being willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Thank you, Shirley. I'm so happy to be here. I wanted to speak to you because I did the Marie Kondo method in, I want to say that might have been like 2016. I started to implement the method. It was transformational. It really was. And so when I came across, well, when Martine told me about you, I was like, oh, I really need to have you on the show. So can you help us understand what's your work and your, 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 your beautiful business for the love of tidy? And then we can go back, come back into how you got into it. Sure thing. So I'm a professional organizer and I happen to be certified specifically in the KonMari method. That's K-O-N-M-A-R-I. It's a particular way of tidying up or organizing or decluttering your home, all about viewing your entire home through a lens of joy and only keeping what sparks joy around you category by category rather than room by room when it comes to the clutter we keep around us. The point of the whole exercise is to really confront and be acutely aware of your things in order to confront yourself and learn more about yourself. So it starts as an exercise of tidying your home and evaluating the things around you, but really it's about really stopping and asking yourself why and what deeper lessons can you learn about yourself through the process of exploring your things. How did you get into it and 
What's attracted you to this work? Actually started as an engineer in Washington, D.C. So in a whole nother state, I had a whole nother life (laughs) for the last 10 plus years. I was, you know, head down working as a corporate government contractor and I had on paper a pretty successful life, you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something just never sat right with me. I would actually look at my boss sometimes and just watch how he would talk to my colleagues or our clients that would come in and out of the office. Mm-hmm. And he just seemed to have so much passion and interest for what he was doing. And that light kind of left me about five years into my corporate career. I just was at like a middle management position and I was perfectly comfortable with that. I didn't have a desire to grow further. So I explored even getting a whole nother degree. So I actually got a graduate degree in interior design while I continued to work as a project manager. Mm -hmm. But even then, I couldn't figure out how to jump into that career. So I was kind of at this weird crossroads and I decided to take an adulting break. And that's when I happened to move into my parents' home for a year out of my condo Mm -hmm. and just tell myself, I have a year to figure this thing out. And then one of the things I did during the years or that year was to read the life-changing magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo and it really um, caught my attention because it wasn't the typical way that we traditionally approach organizing Um, I actually tidied and and I had tidied before so I ended up you know with a, a six bags for of clothing for donation but i also found three hundred dollars worth of tag clothes that wow. were brand new and did not spark joy so usually i would just have you know one of those swap parties right my friends would call me organized all the time because every year i'd have those swap parties where i'd celebrate all this excessive shopping i was doing uh-huh. But with Kanmari, it's all about tidying in terms of having an event. Just like you said, you know, a couple of years ago, you finished your tidying event, your Kanmari. And then, yes, every now and again, we've got to check in, you know, lightly here and there with it. But right. for the most part, it's so effective if you do it correctly that really you can put home organizing behind you. I haven't thought about uh, how to organize my home, at least. Over the last four years, I've organized many others' homes. Yes. But I had to be really right and put my home in order in that moment in order to be able to put the the clues together that this would be my next career move. So I ended up finishing my event and then leaving the D.C. area, going and getting trained in San Francisco for Kanmari two months later, uh, moving to Chicago and then kind of having one foot. Uh, in each of the professions until now, I totally, completely am a full-time Kanmari method and full-time Kanmari consultant. And so it's a big change. I mean, it's a big change for you. So when you did that, you know, this, the, the transformation that comes from that method, what were the things that you, you were discovering about yourself that made you say, get the clarity to say, I need to move on. I need to leave my role that you had. Yeah. Yeah. I actually made the connection that I had a lot of clutter in my finances related to my accumulation of things. So I realized I was mindlessly shopping and I was really had a lot of unfinished business as well. Mm -hmm. Unfinished um, business in terms of like ideas, thoughts, uh, maybe potential business 
businesses I wanted to start, they were everywhere and they were showing up as actual things. And then I had little clues as well that were really obvious clues. Like I found a book that was called The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Professional Organizer and Starting Your Own Business. I had had it for like years and it was still wrapped in cellophane. So like I literally was finding these finding super obvious clues. And then I also was giving myself permission to put a lot of things to rest Mm -hmm. so that I could make space for this new transition. Wow. Yeah. So the insight and the thing about the method is the insights arrive as you are working through it, isn't it? You know, it, it does start off like I'm just getting a bunch of my sweaters and I'm just putting them on the bed and I'm working through them but it's actually much you know it starts (laughs) off like that and then as you get to as you're practicing the method new insight starts to arise from you and the shift starts to occur as you go through it exactly and I actually talk a lot about tidying on my podcast and speaking engagements and I always make sure to mention that it's so important to recognize where you've got to that moment where you're absorbing more information about how to tidy than actually getting organized and taking action mm-hmm. because that's where the lessons are not right. you know rereading the book or watching the Netflix special a few more times right. the actual activity of it making the decisions that's where it really gets interesting and that's where the lessons are yeah so you're the first platinum certified consultant in Chicago so what does that mean Marie Kondo has this method of organizing and she has a mission to inspire the world to choose joy. And that's a really big mission. So she realized she needed to put people on the ground to make sure this method is executed properly Mm -hmm. because we all set intentions, right? To lose weight or to do better with our finances or to organize our home. And then we're so hard on ourselves, right? For when we don't meet those goals, Mm -hmm. but really you know, we don't have in our institutions classes like how to organize or, you know, that's not even taught at the home ec level of of our schools and, and institutions. So it's not something we should expect ourselves to know inherently. So my clients are super high performers. They have really a lot of talents. I learned so much from them. They're so creative and amazing. And they recognize that, hey, I need to invest in myself because this is not a skill that is coming natural to me. It's one that has kind of been there as this thing that's becoming a burden. That's where I step in, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I come in and I support people through this process. So I'm there not only as a coach, but I'm actively tidying with my clients one-on-one in person for Mm -hmm. up to five hours at a time. And we are making decisions. I'm there to provide scheduled accountability and the expertise. And I blend in a bit of my project management experience as well as my degree in interior design interior design and love for just visually styling and arranging a space. Mm-hmm. All of that I apply during a lesson and I and I actually um, also do all of that virtually as well and support my clients that way. So which is just as well given what we've been dealing with for the last few months, right? What would you say are the results that your clients are getting then? Number one, your home really impacts so many different areas of your life. So uh, finances, career, health, relationship, even your hobbies and community, even your spirituality, all of that is impacted by whether or not your home is organized or disorganized. So for example, my clients usually walk in and say, you know, oh, I've just always been messy 
or I've never been able to keep a tidy house or this is this was how my parents were or my partner is much tidier than me and they walk away with a new story so oh wow like I'm encouraged now the way this looks to keep this space tidy or wow, like I'm not losing things anymore. I can find everything I need. Um, Some of my clients actually find money in their home. Uh, Some people up to like thousands of dollars, you know, there's a lot that can get buried in clutter. And then some of my clients also move towards the goals that we set in the beginning. So some of them um, release toxic relationships or get pregnant or get engaged while tidying. Uh, They also can make some career shifts as we work together. So even during this time, one of my clients was furloughed. And then the next week I talked to her, she said, I know this was, you know, a big issue. I was concerned about work. I found a new opportunity. Um, She had mentioned to me how her coworkers had kind of gotten her down. She wasn't sure she wanted to still be in that environment. She was making a change. So it's all about just setting an intention and leading with action to work on what you can control, which is your living environment to set you up for all of these other things that really matter Mm -hmm. that we need to shift our attention to. The relationship to clutter and the things that are in our environment or our attachment to things and our mental and spiritual well-being is so intertwined, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't seem like it when you think I'm just buying another pair of shoes or something but it really is is there another way in you know some people may look at the environment and say I got to do something with my environment or some people may feel confused or I feel tired or I feel unfocused and maybe is that the way in to say what does your environment look like and how can we look at that as a, as a source of transformation. Yeah, it's overwhelming because this this method is a holistic way of looking at the thousands of decisions you have to make in your home. Um, and it's divided into five categories, clothing, books, paper, miscellaneous items, and sentimental to start to break that down even further. And then there's subcategories as well. Uh, so really, when you walk into it, you have to be prepared to make the time in your schedule to focus on this for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that can sound really challenging um, to most. So I like to remind everyone that the true first step of the KonMari method, the one that's not glamorized as much as pulling everything out of the closet, mm-hmm. is to actually sit down and check in with what your ideal lifestyle is and what your ideal living environment should be. So it's basically a vision mapping mm-hmm. exercise that has nothing to do with the things in your home. You could even sit in the park and do this exercise where you just really think about how your life would change if your home were clutter free right. and think about what you want more or less of in all the the categories I mentioned like finances, health and wellness and spirituality and community, all of those things, checking in and figuring out what you want more or less of and then kind of doing the same for for what you want your home to look like as well, doing an evaluation of what do I want more or less of in my home? How do I want it to look, meaning like Pinterest? And how do you want it to feel, meaning like peaceful, serene, welcoming, things like that. So if you feel overwhelmed about getting started, please do not 
skip this first step because when you get to the hard moments where you're like, maybe I might need to keep this someday or do I need 10 genes or do I need 25 genes, right? If you get to that moment and you're like, who's going to answer this question? It's the vision. That's what answers the question. So if you had a vision of a clean countertop or a minimalist kitchen or whatever it might be, or maybe your vision was all about embracing your collection of shoes. Like I have 58 pairs of shoes in my my room and every last one of them sparks joy for me. So this isn't about minimizing. It's just about really making some compromises so that everything fits comfortably in your home to the point where it's no longer a bother to you Mm -hmm. or a burden. That whole piece, that piece, as you said, is missed usually as people Mm -hmm. replicate. I did it myself, you know, but when you said it, it's like, yeah, I, I, I now remember that. And I know also remember at the start of each session, there's a kind of like a a settling that happens Mm -hmm. in the space before you start doing, doing anything. So there's a being before you do anything. So there's a, in this process, it's design. There's a design that is, is more than just grabbing things and and getting rid of them. Yeah. You're getting back to the fact that, uh, Fundamentally, all of the tips that Marie expresses within this method are about respect, gratitude, and joy. And that shows up in so many places, but especially the start of the process where you are sitting down with your vision and then you're also greeting your home before you begin the next day of your tidying event. So you are just taking a moment of mindfulness and all of this stems from Marie's background in Shintoism and Zen-based principles. She's infused this into this Japanese-based method, but you don't have to have those beliefs in order to really just understand that just taking a moment of silence is so important before you dive into so many decisions that can take a lot of your energy physically and mentally. So it's just so important to reset. Right. And the other thing that I realized as I was doing it was because you asked the question, if this item, there's one is if this item, does it bring me joy? Is one of the questions you ask, as I remember. And the other is for the pieces that you are no longer holding on to, to, to be grateful to as an act of gratitude for that, what it gave you before you release it it's not just like you're not just kind of piling it on a pile and then bagging it up there's it's inside of that process and i realized that i am then given how many items i did that with (laughs) you know what i mean so by the end of the process it's like wow i really am present to the things that bring me joy in Uh my life and then surrounded by them and then as we know that the importance of a practice of gratitude and if you have a daily practice of gratitude the difference that that makes anyway so in this process you have by the time you've you've said thank you and this practice of gratitude over and over and over again for like hundreds of items that you've gone through maybe it's thousands actually by the time that you've touched all the items on average there's about 300,000 items in the average american home <laughs> yep. So that's where I get thousands of items. It's highly likely that you have thousands of items in your home. So yeah, every think about every of pencil, every you know hanger, every paper clip. It adds up. So that's yeah, so crazy. And yeah. that's exactly why it's so important to say thank you. And it's amazing um, how uncomfortable we can be because we're you know speaking to our socks and saying thank you <laughs> to the things we're letting mm-hmm. go. That's not something that culturally we're used to doing. I always say think about the alternative. So the alternative would be saying, oh no, I don't want this. Oof, no. 
get, oh, I want to get rid of that, you know, thousands of times. That's so much negative energy that you're putting out into your environment. So I'm so glad that you stuck to the practice of saying thank you, because that's what really shifts your mind from a mindset of scarcity to one of abundance. Mm -hmm. So that, yes, you, you know, I didn't use those, those clothes, or maybe I let go of some, um, expired food or maybe some expired beauty products or maybe some beauty products I bought and just after I tried it once realized I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. If I say thank you, I'm putting myself into the mode of, okay, it didn't serve me, but it still taught me a lesson. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end the season with it and then make different choices moving forward right. instead of just leaving it around right. for the sake of leaving it around. Right. <laughs> and then what I found was a very calm, I remember walking into, I was living in a different place where I live now and it was a walking closet at that time I don't have a walking closet now but it was a walking closet then once I walked into it the energy in there was substantially different it just had this um, lightness and well what it was what is like it was joyful I mean it, it seems ridiculous in a way when you to say it but it really did and it had this impact on me where I still organize my clothes in the same way I don't have as much space but I still organize my clothes in the same way. That method has maintained. And as I said, I think I'm at from 2016. It was when I did it, like Christmas 2016. And then occasionally you have to kind of tidy up. I, I probably need to do my office again, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you might have Kanmari light moments is what I call it. Uh, so I've moved twice since I or- got organized four years ago. And so I needed to do a little bit Kanmari light. Maybe I didn't need to to disrupt my home um, as much as I have in the past. But every now and again, I need to check in on my file box, you know, and right. when taxes come around and I can throw away a few more files or uh, maybe I notice that I've got, you know, a bigger buildup thing of cleaning supplies than I need, you know, maybe I need to check in on that. So it's just that awareness mm-hmm. uh, and that's what's going to help you. And that's great that you recognize that maybe it's time to check in on right, some, some category. Checking. Absolutely. I wanted to understand more about where the, your past and where you came from. Like, what was it that, because I'm always curious about when, when we find our purpose and when we land in a particular place, what is it that we've learned as we were growing up? Because some, lots of people spend their life never finding their purpose, never finding, landing in a, and having the courage to like start their own business, for example, leave a job and start your own business. So what was mm-hmm. it that, if you think about when you were growing up, what were the messages that you grew up with that has stayed with you, that has kind of guided you to this place? Well, I have parents who have been definitely my guiding examples of just really, my parents, they started from humble beginnings and they pulled themselves up to very high ranking positions uh, and one has retired, one is partially retired, one's about to retire, uh, but through education and hard work. So I always had that uh, as a guiding example. They, I learned so much of them, I probably learned more from them from their actions than what they would actually say and okay. teach me. Uh, so I definitely attribute a lot of my success to my uh, parents. My mom's in the education field and is uh, in second command of a large school district in the U.S. Well, I think 
the third largest in the U.S. And then my dad was a, a captain in the Navy. He's since uh, retired. Um, but because of that, I did grow up in lots of different places. I was born in California and I've moved uh, significantly since then. And then I spent a lot of time on the East Coast in the D.C. metro area. And so um, I, I ended up going to UVA, which also shaped a lot of my experiences. Uh, it was the only school I wanted to go to. My parents had to force me to apply to other schools. <laughs> and I was just so determined. There's just so many layers to how I got to where I am today today, but I know that I was very fearful of entrepreneurship when I was in corporate America. Mm -hmm. I would have people say, why don't you go off on your own, start your own design business, or why don't you do this? You would be great at this, the entrepreneurship, you're creative, you're organized, you should, you should. And I would always say, no, 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 I don't think so. I'm not ready or that's scary mm -hmm. um, because I was like very attached to this picture of security and I, I just... Uh, felt like, okay, corporate job, that's secure. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I later learned that really security, even with a, in a corporation or the government or a contract position, it's not always guaranteed. We have the opportunity now to create our own security, whether that's full-time entrepreneurship or some kind of mix of the two. That's what I've learned. I was attached to that idea for so long. Uh, when I finally reconciled that, that's when I got the confidence to move into starting my own small business. So how long has it been now that you've been in your own organization? I, my business is about three years old now. Okay. And I believe I've been independent from my other job roughly two years now, almost. Um, I'm losing track of the time. But <laughs> yes, I did start a little bit with tidying just being my side hustle. And then I transferred it to being my main squeeze eventually. But yeah, it was um, it was a process. It didn't happen overnight for sure. And then you made the move to Chicago to to do that to to set up your your business. Why why I'm curious why Chicago is there like a yeah great question. I actually decided I just wanted to move to experience a new city. I didn't really have um, a specific reason like my job was relocating me or or you know it's following a relationship. I just really decided hey this is strange that I've been in the you know. DC metro area for over 15 years and I'm so used to like moving from city to city to city and I, I love DC but I decided I just wanted a change of scenery, mm -hmm. scenery, a fresh start, a new experience so I did a bit of process of elimination essentially and ended up on Chicago. It was okay. between Chicago and New York so. <laughs> yeah I mean they, are, they both have pluses. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah well, we are, I've been here for seven years. We love, we enjoy Chicago, and I work a lot in New York, so I get a bit oh, the best of both worlds. Now, what drives you, and um, what motivates you each in your work? Well, I have really wanted to be just like that boss I described, where I am doing something that matters and that is important to me, and I'm inspiring people to make some type of transformation that I can see 
tangibly. That's what I love about tidying. When I was in corporate America, I would make things for my clients. I would support huge projects. And I felt like often the deliverables would just sit on a shelf and I never really got to see how they would impact Mm -hmm. anyone's life. Mm -hmm. When I'm working one-on-one with my clients or when I am speaking to communities through my podcast, I just feel like I am like getting immediate feedback. And that's what's so beautiful about organizing is you can literally change how your room feels in a couple of hours and it's just so quick and and powerful. So I really, once I started this work, got connected with like, wow, I'm really helping people. I'm inspiring people by either, you know, speaking engagements or tidying with clients or other communities, just spreading the word. Uh, Service is a big value for me. So I'm also moving within my purpose and my value system. So that's really important too. Nice. Really, really nice. I want to turn to the times that we're in now. You know, this has been recorded in June 2020. I know three weeks since the murder of George Floyd and all the protests. Yeah, it's a lot. So I'm just curious how you're feeling about this and what, how you're making sense of it. I don't know if I'm completely making sense of it. Let me just change that question. Yeah. As much as like, what sense are you beginning? What sense is making for you? Whatever it is that it it is. Of course. True. Like what sense is it? Yeah. Yeah. I just take things day by day and I, I've had uh, some hard days emotionally. Um, Just trying to compartmentalize has been tough for me and for my clients as well. Um, So just making sure I'm checking in with myself and my clients uh, as we navigate a lot of things, pandemic and systemic, Mm -hmm. a lot of challenges that are falling on our shoulders, particularly the black community. So I have been doing um, some self-care speaking engagements with uh, with black women in particular, because I know that we are feeling exhausted, unfocused, and just really concerned and uncertain about the future. Future. And I want to, you know, provide tidying and just talking about, you know, things like vision, mm-hmm. ideal life, all of that things. I want to provide, you know, the resources I have if they are taking a little bit of time to focus on their self-care and their mental health. Tidying, Kanmari, all of this ties into that. Uh, so just making sure that my platform is recognizing what's going on. Yeah. And also, I want to make sure that people know that they can reach out to me so that I can point them towards you know, a resource or start them down a path of putting their house in order if they feel like that would best prepare them for whatever it is to come right. in the future. Right. Yeah. So are you finding that some of the women that you're working with and you're supporting in that way is use so using this method as a way of like grounding themselves or really of just helping them in any way around their self care and their and I want to say some self preservation because yes yeah to stay stay with yourself and in yourself in this time. Yeah, definitely. I call tidying self-care and it's not as obvious as like eating a box of chocolate or taking a bubble bath Mm -hmm. type of Mm self-care. It's intentionally a little bit more uncomfortable. So it does have its moments where it's 
you're disrupting your home, but you're disrupting your home for a purpose. You're getting aware and you're facing uh, your clutter. And so that's more of like a doing activity. So I typically check in with my audience to see if they're having a being day or a doing day. I did this during quarantine and uh, beyond and, and just you know, are we feeling like we just want to be with our thoughts? Do we want to process our emotions, which is so important, or just take a long walk or journal? Or do you feel like we want to do things? So when people want to do things, that's when I connect with them. If they're having a doing day and they want to paint their house or tidy up or talk about how they're going to move their clutter from one house to the other, I want to make sure I'm there to see that too. I love the distinction between a being day and a doing day. Mm-hmm. Most people, yeah. are, most people have doing days, I'd say, but you know, like, we're like pajamas yeah. of our day are doing, but I love that you need to wake, to wake up and assign, uh, like, think about whether this is a, is this a being day or doing day or what aspect of my day is being and what aspect of my day is doing. And, um, I know for myself in this time, I've started to meditate again in the morning as a practice. I'm thinking I'm on like day 20 and I just could, and I could absolutely, I mean, I know that it works, but I could absolutely, so that's in just really taking care of my being and, um, and the difference that that makes, because I do, there's a lot of doing in my days. Yeah. Yeah. I try to see at least I could get a little being in, but I'm the same way. Um, I kind of default to doing for sure. Um, but sometimes I have a mixed day where I have a little bit of both or rarely, but sometimes I get a whole being day. I'm trying to get better about that uh, for sure uh, so it's it's something a tool I use with my clients and such but I also use it for myself and some days it's just really hard to focus when I'm trying to write you know and prepare for a big project I have coming up in August and there's protests and things going on outside of my window rightly so mm-hmm. uh, but I, I want to like uh, just jump up and, and go there. But I have, you know, obligations, you know, I'm just, I'm concerned about my community here in Wicker Park. There was a lot of uh, looting that happened. So a lot of my community is boarded up at the moment. So there's so many things on my mind. So I, I just quickly kind of lost focus at, mm-hmm. on some days. So I like right. that the being doing check-in gets me to kind of return to what's priority. Yeah, I love that. So if anyone is feeling distracted because there's a lot to be distracted by and and even when we can't make sense of the feelings that we're feeling mm-hmm. you know and that, that but we just know we can just feel the impact of it i can't get anything done i can't focus i can't sit still i i, I feel like i'm a bit of a haze or i feel like i just want to cry or which is my has been i i've shared people i'm either crying or i'm on the verge mm-hmm. of crying that's kind of mm-hmm. like yep. my, my two states and then so to ask ourselves what in space of who of a being day what are the things that i could be i could be doing to take care of my being yeah yeah i love that i love that I, one of the questions that i love to ask my my guests is about a courageous moments in their life uh, and and the, the courageous moment may be some act that you did that's not only on behalf of you it could be something that you did for someone else so I'm curious, is that if you think about your life today, what has been a courageous moment for you? Well, I think mustering up the courage to dip my toes in entrepreneurship, it was definitely a defining season. 
uh, there was so much more that was going on there because I decided to look at how there's clutter in other areas of my life outside of my home. So my finances, my health, you know, during that time, I focused on um, losing some weight. I lost 30 30 pounds during that time. I also uh, let go of my car that I'd had since I was 16. (laughs) You know, I've always had maybe not that same vehicle, but always had a car since, you know, I could drive. I decided I, I made, I even moved again, even after coming here to Chicago and uh, changed communities. Just every decision was took a lot of courage for me just mm-hmm. because I was doing all these decisions in the span of, you know, a couple of years. Right. And so it was just a very transformational, but, but kind of a, there was just a lot of fluctuation going on mm-hmm. in a short period of time. I was able to get through it. And I think just anchoring it on the decision I wanted to do something that mattered and seeing that as part of my vision, everything else I was able to move through and get comfortable with. Um, But it did definitely take some courage to make those huge life changes. Did you know that you were on that life changing mission, if you like? Was it like you created that vision? You're like, right, I'm just going to kind of work on it. Or was it, did it start with the entrepreneur? like the starting your own business and then you think well I can move and it was like a more of an unfolding and as you saw another thing and you saw another thing you just kept pursuing it it was definitely an unfolding I remember my friend was trying to tell me about this concept of financial independence for a year she kept sending me podcasts and even though I had conmarried like I couldn't I was just starting my business and I just was like, okay, that's nice. And I would always like never listen to what she sent me. And then one day I, I finally was able to unfold, as you say, like to like open up myself to a new idea. And then that kind of snowballed into, okay, how can I live, you know, with a little less clutter in my bank and my budget? Okay. What could I let go of here in terms of, um, you know, my car and even my mortgage back in DC, I sold my house at that moment. I was like, all it just led me down a whole nother path. Right. Uh, So it definitely, I didn't set out to do all of those things, but it just kind of snowballed into to more. Right. Well, I'd never thought about the decluttering of finances before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you yeah. say that, what do you mean? Because I'm what just I, like, I'm curious, like, what does that mean when we're decluttering our finances? Yeah, it could mean a lot of things. So one of the ways is to directly face your debt. So um, understand how it got there. Uh, so walking through exercises like looking through your Amazon history or uh, understanding what you spend your money on. That's one of the questions I actually ask my clients. Um, what do you spend the most money on? Just because usually that shows what you value too at times mm-hmm. um, or what your, where your interests are. Just like you would pile up your clothing from your clothes your closet, you can pile up bills, for example, or paperwork that you have, things like that to really understand the full scope of where your money is going. And then that turns into also looking at your budget a bit differently as well. Uh, And understanding your relationship with money. I did a lot of work with a coach on money mindset too, because I just felt like it was so connected to the physical uh, clutter that had accumulated in my home. You know, it wasn't, wasn't gifts that had, had (laughs) piled up in my home. It was, things I bought with with my money so yeah. I had to like figure out why I was not always making the best decisions there yeah that's brilliant actually if you start to see where the money's going 
we, we know this, I suppose, in money management, I hadn't seen it from that angle or in the way that you described it. I know for me, being in, in lockdown, in quarantine, <laughs> I was like, I got... I got clear that the habit of my Amazon habit, you know, mm-hmm. I'd have a, th- it would, it was really like, I, I mean, I, at the beginning of the year, let me backtrack, at the beginning of the year, I made a decision that this year I was not going to buy new clothes because I was like, I have so many clothes and I never get to wear all of them. So my game is, is to wear the clothes that I have rather than yeah. buy something new. And then it turns out we ended up in lockdown anyway. So what's to wear you know know, really (laughs) what I also started to see was my Amazon habit was I have a thought and then I just follow the thought because I could literally just order it in like less than two minutes right Mm -hmm. so the thought is I'd really like to read some book that someone's mentioned or I came across in a podcast and I'm on Amazon I'm listening to podcast I'm on Amazon and I'm buying that book and then the book literally joins the other pile of books. <laughs> I have a lovely pile of books by my bed, which I grab from time to time, but I'm not really reading the whole book. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I just started to see that pattern. And like, and so like I'm going to break the pattern. I'm just not going to buy. I'm going to yeah. notice the thought. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let the thought go. And if the thought keeps returning, not on books because I just decided I'm not buying another book. But you know, the sort of thoughts keeps returning on something. Then let's look and see whether I really need it or yeah. why do I want it. But that kind of automatic kind of response and reaction, I just broke that because that was definitely where a lot of my money was going. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example of how to kunmari your spending. And I've even taken it to the point where I wanted to make sure I was still on track. So I ended up uh, taking a big calendar and writing down during quarantine. Every day I would spend my money on something that wasn't completely essential, like groceries, uh, cleaning supplies, things like that. So I did really well in that category. But then I made a separate line for every day I would order food via delivery, usually Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. And I immediately saw a pattern there. And so I was able to take a moment, look at a whole month, see where my money was going very clearly there and make a change uh, moving forward on in in the process of making a change where I am actually relying more on some delivery meal services than actual meals from restaurants at the moment. Um, So, yeah. I wondered what's next for you what's your vision for yourself because it feels like this was a vision you had the arc of this vision and this vision kind of got to a level of fulfillment what are you envisioning as you move forward into the future yeah some days it's it's kind of hard to think super far into the future I don't know if you've ran into this you know what you're not um, wrong there because it's like <laughs> so every day it's like something new a new challenge it a new really scenario do something to to uh, adapt to so the first first thing in my immediate vision uh, is to reopen, definitely to begin in tidying again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in home tidying again. So uh, with Chicago progressing into phase three, mm-hmm. I am able to open up myself to that and make sure I'm abiding by all the safety guidelines. Mm-hmm. So that's on 
top of my mind, just trying navigating reopening. Uh, I It's hard to even call it reopening because I've been virtually tidying through uh, quarantine, but uh, just opening up that aspect of my business again. Right. And then I, I still envision going back to doing in-person speaking engagements. It was a big part of my, um, my business. And I just love that this topic of clutter would bring people out from all different generations and backgrounds. And I just love the energy of speaking in front of an actual audience. So that's still in my vision. And I sort of get to experience that in August. I do have a TEDx, uh, TEDx Northbrook Library, nice. that they've invited me there to, to walk through that. So I've been working on that since February. It's a quite a process. Uh, but I'm excited to debut my TED Talk in August. So that is uh, really exciting. That's definitely in my immediate vision for 2020. And then I'm hoping I can then reset to start to think beyond 2020 at that point. Uh, because I do, I am really, really a visual person. And I've always visualized things and a lot of things I've visualized have manifested into actual you know, goals like very, very specific things I've I've manifested. Uh, so I do strongly believe in that. It was a kind of a jolt during this, the pandemic where kind of had to let go of the goals that you yeah, set uh, as business right. owners at the top of the year. We kind of had to realize, oh, these aren't realistic that's anymore. Right. <laughs> that's right. They're not, that's uh, not going to happen. Well, it's not going to no, happen in that way. Exactly. Nope. So I'm still kind of working on the vision, but that that's what I have at least in my mind for the short term, at least for this year. Excellent. So it's really, um, if you had to give our listeners three I want to say like a top tip because it feels like it doesn't three ways to get started or three things to, that they could pay attention to if they were going to start on this journey. Mm -hmm. What would be the three things that you would say? Well, the first is your commitment. And um, what that means is basically is tidying or organizing, whatever you call it, a priority right now in your life. So literally asking yourself that a couple of times mm -hmm. or even saying it, tidying is not a priority and seeing how your body reacts to that statement. See if you think, oh, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I need to make this important in my life. Or maybe, yeah, that's the truth right now. I've got a lot of things on my mind, a lot of things I'm dealing with that are more important than organizing. That might be the truth. Uh, so the first is just to really make a commitment and understand uh, that it's something that you want to get started on. It's You want to start the journey. And then second, uh, you want to never skip that vision step. Uh, so definitely jump into putting 20 minutes on your calendar to think about what your ideal life is and ideal living environment. I actually have a book, The Tidy Home Joy Journal. It's available at Amazon and still shipping. And it walks through the vision extensively. I have multiple questions and things. And so you can take that with you as your tidying companion as you go through your categories. Nice. Uh, so I'm really, really big on, on the vision part. And then the third step is the one that is not really mentioned much, but so important. It's planning, right? So tidying is just like, you know, starting a boot camp or a diet. You have to make some time in your schedule for this to happen. So yeah. actually sitting down and making appointments, I suggest 
three to five hour chunks of time. You could even start with three. And I promise you, once you get in the flow, you'll probably end up doing more than three hours of work in a day. So definitely like sitting down and saying, okay, every Sunday I'm going to work on this, or maybe I'm going to do a tidying vacation and get it all done in one week, whatever it may be based on the scope of your project. So it's so important to treat this like a true assignment, a project, something that can't just be shuffled off your calendar, uh, brushed away, you know, something that really is important. So it's important to make that time. I love all of those. Love all of all of those. So commitment is the is the first thing. And, and then vision. The vision <laughs> and then planning. And I I did it in this in the Christmas period because I was off and I knew that if I didn't do it, then I wouldn't you know, finding the space to do it. So I got really intense. Yeah. I don't think my husband expected that when he gave me the book Christmas <laughs> Day. So he wanted to disappear into the, the tidying. I was like, you, you gave me the book. What can I say? <laughs> so it was, it was really good. That was really good. This has been um, really, really lovely talking to you. I will, I can put your contact details in the show notes. And so if anyone's interested in, in following this methodology, then they can contact you and, and you can do it. And they don't have to be in Chicago because you can do it via Skype is what you said, or, or Zoom. We could do it virtually as well. Isn't that right? Yep. I've been virtually tidying, helping people carve out new work from home scenarios. So we do a tidy desk series. I've been helping people with the first step, which is their clothing closet um, organization, mm -hmm. as well as kimono, which is Japanese for miscellaneous items. And that is the category that kind of pauses people right in their tracks <laughs> because it really is Amazon.com. So yeah, a yeah, lot of, lot of things there. So I definitely am helping people wherever, mm -hmm. whenever they basically come to a plateau or just know from the start that they need guided expertise to get through this. Uh, so yeah, I'm still virtual tidying and also over at sparkjoypodcast.com, there is 130 episodes that we have recorded all about organizing and also just about sparking joy in all areas of life. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been thank cool, really cool. I'm, um, I'm now thinking about, <laughs> I'm thinking about my workspace and thinking I really need to recondo my workspace. I do. Well, I really yeah. do. Yeah. I need to it's the perfect time for a refresh. Absolutely, yeah. I do. And, it's, <laughs> and now that I'm going to, when we finish this call and I go walk back into it, I'm going to go, oh, no. So thank you for being my prompt, my catalyst for change. I, you know, wish you well with everything. And um, yeah, and then go well, be well. Thank you, Shirley. Be well as well. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. This is my wish for you. My wish for you is that you get so inspired by this episode that you take on the method of the magic of tidying up in your own environment. There are some things in our lives where we that we can take on our own transformation that might cost us. This is it'll cost you time. It's going to take time. But the amazing thing that happens in this process as you go through it 
is so powerful. I really encourage you to do this in this time when we want, we really want to focus on our self-care. And when I've talked about before, radical self-care, this is one of the ways that you could really honor yourself and your self-care is by creating an environment where the environment really reflects back joy. Imagine if that was the case, if your environment reflected back to you joy, there wasn't an item in your environment that said that didn't make you feel joyful in some way. So that's my wish for you. That's my wish for you. So let me know if you A, have take, take, take on the challenge and um, B, like what, the, what it feels like. What does it feel like when you've taken that on? You know how to contact me instagram at shirley mcalpine go to my site shirleymcalpine.com forward slash contact me <laughs> i just hit a blank sorry and then uh you can also go to the facebook page she's got drive facebook page and, and send me a message there she's got drive is produced by cassandra voltalina the music is by the awesome or female band blonde the song is called circles until next time go well and stay well <laughs>